Hello and welcome to the back page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Samuel Roberts and I'm joined as ever by Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew Castle, how's it been going? You sound so ill that I feel oh. terrible making you record this. Are you okay, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, if Leon can power through the ordeal he faces, I can put up with a mildly chesty cough. It puts things in perspective, doesn't it, playing Resident Evil 4? <laughs> yeah, it does. Although I briefly, when you said Leon, I was like, "Does he mean the guy on Games Radar?" That's like no. I was thinking, who, who, because uh, that's how awake I am currently. So, um, <laughs> yes, uh, Leon S. Kennedy. Yeah, that guy sure goes through th- through some shit. Um, uh-huh. If he can, if he can, you know, deal with Last Plagas, then surely you can deal with the Bath version of Last Plagas, whatever that is. You know. Yeah, I think if you, I, I don't think it's the kind of illness where if you shoot my head off with a shotgun, like a horrible snake emerges from my neck stump. I don't think that's what I've got. No, just some light discharge and you need to go to bed, basically. Um, That that sort of thing. (laughs) I wish I hadn't said light discharge. That's that's, that's (laughs) throwing me out, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. The the worst thing I've ever done, like, to myself... In, in in a given lunchtime, right? Is <laughs> in a I, given I, lunchtime. This is so specific. I can't <laughs> wait to hear what it is. It's like I was eating an absolutely terrific whole bagel. Like you know, they do that um that one that's like brie and bacon and then tomato chutney and like rocket. oh yeah, that's, that's, that's a, the one Catherine has. Yeah, that's like a five star bagel. Like if you made that in Final Fantasy fifteen, he'd be like, oh fucking great or whatever. Like uh, just you know, <laughs> he'd, he'd be really impressed. I was eating that and then read a BBC story about um the spread of gonorrhea and then there was like a box out on like what are the symptoms of gonorrhea and reading that while biting into this bagel is the worst <laughs> thing i've ever done to myself brackets on a given lunchtime so uh, just want to share that with you matthew really will you um, be able to eat that and enjoy that bagel in the future or is it tainted forever now it's uh you know there might be a, a slight amount of like trauma to overcome but uh i think i'll get there again it's just so damn tasty man you know it's, it's... a box out on the fucking symptoms i've got a real eating that's so that's so daft <laughs> yeah i don't i mean i just should have clicked off but you know when you're just sort of scrolling with the wheel and then like sandwich in one hand mouse in the other dual wielding lunchtime content yeah so that was what i did but um we're doing a podcast about Resident Evil 4 Remake, Matthew, so we were very kindly sent early code for this by an old buddy at Capcom, Ian Dixon. He's uh, had our back, which is nice. And so, yes, we decided to blast through it. We wanted to do a whole episode on it. We wanted that episode to go live the day the game goes live. We've managed to do that, which I'm very grateful for, really exciting. Mm. And how are we going to do this? So... The game's just out. You've probably just bought it. You're there thinking, I don't want to have the game ruined for me. I totally get it. So, two sections to this podcast. First section, the longest section. It will broadly cover how we feel about the game. Top line, very in line with like the, the reviews that are out there, I would say. Then in part two, which I think will be shorter, we'll talk about some more specifics that are in the game. Like, closer to spoiler content, but no major spoilers. Because I am aware that when you have to go and um, listen to a podcast like go back to and listen to the end of a podcast is a right pain in the arse so the idea is the first part will be very self-contained so you'll feel satisfied by the end result is that fair matthew yeah i think that that sounds that sounds right it's like this is the campaign and then the second part is like mercenaries <laughs> yeah very good very good that's uh, a perfect analogy although this doesn't have mercenaries no, well, yet, that's, so. all, that's spoiler number one <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that uh, that's not that's not a spoiler to say right no, like, that's co- they've said that it's coming later as a free update 
Which makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah. I can sort of see that. Uh, yeah, Mercenaries as well at the time was one of those bonus modes where I think that like they probably didn't anticipate just how popular it was going to be. Um, right. Because it is like it's fairly like straightforward. You do ha- you do have like mostly levels from the game and then Waterworld, of course. Um, and those are <laughs> very much like they feel like quite compact. You know, you blast through them a few times. Mercenaries just sort of took on a life of its own, I think, as um, mm. as things went. Um, I think it was a pre-existing minigame anyway, but yeah. Like, I don't think I'm jumping, jumping the gun here, but I, actually one observation I did have about this, and it made me think about Mercenaries, was, that, was whether Mercenaries and playing a lot of Mercenaries since Resident 4, Evil 4 came out originally, like if it's like changed our relationship with how we think about encounters in this game, because... When you go into a scene where you're like swarmed with enemies, which is basically what mercenaries is, mm. like I, I I now switch into mercenaries mode rather than necessarily like oh shit I'm you know I'm I'm kind of in a in a fun arcade place rather than like necessarily embedded in the highly tense situation suggested by the game. Does that make sense? I sort of see what you mean. Yeah, there's bits of the game where I, I I'm like oh this is a mercenaries map. You know, like I can just, I see, you start seeing level design as like a an arena where there, it's almost that sort of switch of like, no, you're you're trapped in here with me. You know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, there's like, um, you're like in a giant square with like raised platforms and like ladders and things to hide behind and right. loads of barrels. And you're like, yeah, this kind of is a mercenaries map. I think like how it offsets it, not to like jump the gun too much yeah. here, um, is that... Uh, because your like your ammo feels very regulated by the the campaign, like it's designed to keep you sort of like up against it a bit with ammo. Whereas mercenaries is very much like you don't really run out of ammo; you're constantly being fed ammo by the enemies mm. you kill, and it's all about momentum. And here it's a yeah. bit more like a bit more of the survival horror stuff. Not weighing it down, but certainly like it's another factor to consider to not yeah. not to blow through your arsenal too quickly. Use all your magnum bullets and then go, oh shit, I've got nothing left for the next chapter, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, yeah. Okay, so let's get into this, Matthew. Section one here, like I say, top line, Resident Evil 4 remake thoughts, very kind of like review style um, sort of discussion coming here. Matthew, is it worth recapping our respective journeys with Resident Evil 4 before we get into it, or have we told those stories too many times in this podcast? I think if I tell the anecdote about how I traded in some games to buy this game for a pound one more time, (laughs) um, I've definitely told that story at least three times on this podcast. I'm not sure it's an even great story to begin with. It's about (laughs) trading in some games. (laughs) Yeah, and then for me, I didn't have a GameCube, so I got the PS2 version a little bit later. Um, But it was one of the games, one of several games that I had like a little pause from. Um, from playing video games for a while, they came back and this and well, Resident Evil 4, the original Resident Evil 4 in 2005 and Metal Gear Solid 3 combined were my two games to make mm. me think oh no, I just have to play this 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 medium has to be what I do now for the rest of my life basically <laughs> um, so there's that kind of element to it, hugely influential, right? really really dug it and then got so into the kind of like minutia of the different sort of like bits and pieces that make it um, sort of culty as well as big. It was it was just like big success. But the thing about Resident Evil Four is I always got the sense it was like a staggered success. Like over time, it grew because GameCube. I know it's successful for a GameCube game, but also it's a relatively limited audience. Um, yeah. So it comes to PS2, then it grows again, and then I feel like when it hit Wii, it sold mega well. Um, and then suddenly, loads and loads of people, loads of people, more people were playing it. And mm. so then you're going to go years down the line, and these HD editions are out there, and so. 
I think its reputation was like critically it was amazing at first, but I think it took a little while to become um like a mega blockbuster. And it means that by the time Resident Evil 5 came along in 2009, it means that like that was a a genuine like huge multi-format blockbuster and a massive deal. Mm. But I, do you think that's accurate that Resident Evil 4 had like this accumulating reputation like it was critically beloved but then took a tiny bit of time for it to sort of like grow yeah. in people's affections? I'm not. I'm not the best judge of this, to be honest. Because, like, in my world, which was reading magazines and in writing magazines, it was mm. always big and beloved and cherished. Um, it's interesting that this idea of it, like, really taking off on Wii, because I think by the time we reviewed on Wii, and while I did love it and gave it a glowing review for Endgamer, and I thought the Wii version was really good, it, it didn't feel like as exciting. It felt a little bit played out. Like we didn't cover it much as a magazine even though you probably are right it was you know in terms of people actually engaging with it that was probably the time to to do it and to really dig into coverage but we didn't because we were like oh it's resident evil 4 everyone knows that so yeah magazines have just really skewed my take on that i think no, it's fine. The reason I say that is because um, I found a Destructoid story that says Resident Evil 4 Wii sales um, edge out GameCube version. Um, right, so, okay. So it suggests that it just like, you know, replicated its success a little down the line. I agree with you. And by the time it came along, people were like right to talk up the control scheme for the Wii edition as being really good. Um, but I had the same thing as you, whereas I, I suddenly had HD shiny things. And Resident Evil didn't seem less exciting by comparison, but it was no longer the fresh new thing. So, mm. you know, um, but I do think that there's a there's an element of that to it. It being so easy to discover means that its reputation has just grown and grown. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was clear from the off that it was a 10 out of 10. And then uh, me and my friend Andrew, the protagonist of Final Fantasy VII, we got hugely <laughs> into um, all of the different bits and pieces of this, the... The, obviously the merchant, but also different lines in cutscenes that we'd repeat to each other, talking about Mike, the helicopter guy. Like, we just, we would talk about this stuff, I was literally every three months for the last 15 years, I would say. Um, wow. We're just... Okay. Resi 4 just like was just a, a massive, massive game for us. And so when I went into games media, it felt like one of my true sort of like core texts of like, if I believe anything, it's that this is the one of the greatest video games ever made. <laughs> and, like, right, okay. and then <laughs> approaching everything through that kind of lens, really. Um, mm. And that may be a, 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 a sort of explaining why I had a slight apathy towards uh, Gears of War when that came along. But mm. uh, anyway, here's a, here's a key question, then, Matthew, because... Um, you know, I'm a big fan of hearing your anecdote about um, trading in GameCube games and then buying it for a pound <laughs> or whatever. That's top stuff. But do you think Resident Evil 4 needed a remake? Probably not in terms of... I don't think there was necessarily anything in the original game that needed fixing. And actually, I've been playing the original game after finishing the remake. Uh, and, like, it's just as compelling, has its own rhythms. You know, it's it's kind of a very different game in a way. So don't think it had to happen. But, but that isn't to say that there isn't something like very neat in seeing uh you know a slightly different take on this classic material maybe see some of its action conventions updated to kind of how people have built and evolved you know the the, the combat system it originally introduced so i'm like uh, you know spoiler alert, I, I like i really like this game yeah so like i, I don't know like i'm fu- i'm fundamentally happy it exists if it didn't exist, I wouldn't be like, well, one of the great injustices was that they didn't return to Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I think it's fair to say I'm probably in the in the same boat with you there. Um, mm. I think that, you know, there's uh, there was an obvious urgency with 
Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake that those were, you know, those were like fixed camera perspective games from the 90s that were not revisited um, by Capcom, even though um, obviously the first game was remade very lavishly back on GameCube. And mm. I think everyone sort of dreamed of seeing that that version of Resident Evil 2 and 3. Um, that isn't what ha- happened, of course, because so much time moved on, they basically had to update them to our modern standards and make them proper third-person games with the camera mm. and stuff. Um, but they were such successful versions of those games that I think that it gave me... Well, two was, three is more up for debate, obviously. But they, it did give me the sense that by tackling four, it was in quite safe hands. And if nothing else, I at least was curious to see how they would do it, you know? So mm-hmm. there was that element to it, even though if I didn't necessarily think I needed it. There was a tiny part of my brain that thought... Resident Evil 4 was like an end of PS2 GameCube generation game and those it just looks muddy like you know you just kind of wish there was a crisper HD version of it to enjoy there's a tiny bit of that to it I think when you look at it now that's not to say I think it's you know like um it's an ugly game or anything I think when I was playing the Oculus version that was released um just like uh, just over a year ago that I still thought, oh, actually, I love I love the aesthetic of this. Still, it still really um, really yeah. holds up. But um, certainly, there's something about you know you, you just have to you just you're curious like what would this look like in HD? What would this look like if someone gave it a proper sort of shot in the arm? So didn't need it necessarily, but curiosity absolutely, you know. Mm, so mm. so Matthew, top line, what do you think of the remake? I think it's still a really amazing action game. It's it's a, it's a different. A different kind of action game, a bit f- sort of faster on its feet. It definitely behaves more like a modern game. You know, some of the kind of key changes to the combat, which we'll get to in a bit. I really dig, and and that's that like moment to moment. That's that's what was getting me through. I was just having loads of fun doing the actions. Like this is just fun. This just fundamentally works and fundamentally does it for me. Like I love this this particular like ecosystems of enemy types, weapons, interaction settings, like. This, this is just my jam. And I guess the other strand to it uh, is just being interested in seeing like how it does and doesn't change. And that maybe makes it more of like an academic exercise than like unnecessarily viscerally lost in the moment. I mean, there are scenes and there are changes and there are things which elevate certain bits and make them so exciting that you aren't thinking, oh, this is different. You're just like, fuck, I've got to deal with this. But that kind of combination of like, being interested to see like what it did next or how it dealt with the original next but kind of like wrapped up in it was never less it's never less than a just a really great great action game to play um it's my take yeah i think what's what's amazing about the action in this game is that they have basically the the entire dynamics of resident Evil 4 are here in terms of how you shoot enemies how you when you hit weak spots you have the opportunity to do melee attacks how they drop ammo so you're continuously given like a not tons of tons of ammo but enough to keep going it's mm. like much more of an action game than say uh the, you know like a third person proper third person shooter than say the resident evil 2 remake was but still carries across some of the real strengths of that resident evil 2 remake and like the limbs falling off of enemies and stuff like that and mm. um just like being a kind of a few steps up in terms of animation and obviously and things like that and then also just the fact that they weren't afraid to look at the fundamentals of resident evil 4's combat and say what if we did it this way instead and mm. 
all of those changes, I think, which are mostly like minor, the fundamentals are absolutely still there. Mm. All of those changes to me are very sensible and make it feel really contemporary, exciting, and not exactly the same as the original game. Mm. And so I think that like it puts it in this weird position where both have a reason to exist. Yeah. Um, and both and you have a reason to play both still. And that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea as a remake. I agree with you. There's a certain academic quality to it as well of like, mm. also just like your own memory being jogged of, oh, I didn't realize this bit was at this part in the game. And I didn't realize, you know, that this this happened earlier than I thought it did. And then also, obviously, they add some bits too, um, though not loads and loads. Yeah. I mean, they have they have remixed some of the order. Y- yes, I guess we'll get into that. But um... full disclosure, I've not played original Resident Evil 4 in a, in a few years now. You know, it's just like locked in my head. And, you know, there were some bits in the game I was like, oh, yeah, this is classic. But just like replaying bits of it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can actually see like how they have chopped and changed it in, in little sort of subtle ways. You know, yeah. I th- the cliche with these is it's kind of like, this is the game you remember, you know, and then you go back and play the original and see that it isn't isn't quite how you remember it. But um, uh, there's definitely some bits where they've we'll save that for the spoiler section I guess <laughs> yeah absolutely but top line I think this is terrific it's the mm. I absolutely blasted through it. it took me 18 hours I am quite languid with games these days it takes me ages to play them Matthew will churn through like 50 hours of game in one week and I'd get through like eight <laughs> because that's we're, we're built differently um mentally <laughs> and so um that's why Matthew managed to finish God of War Ragnarok and I didn't so for the but for this episode it was not really a problem to accommodate this game because it was just every spare hour I had I just played it and played it and played it and it was mm. the momentum of it and the excitement uh, just like it just it it captured the joy I had playing the original game in just so many ways and um yeah it's been like probably three or four years since I enjoyed a game this much um just Ooh. really really good so yep yeah, as a as a you know massive fan of the original I think this is um this is a phenomenal job um, I have a few little caveats we'll get into, but uh, yes, Let, let's start with what they got right in the remake then, Matthew. What do you think is spot on about, about this redo? I, I love visually how they've enriched the world, maybe more so in like, I think the, the opening act, which is kind of set in in the village and the surrounding area, is is maybe where you feel like the jump the most, because there's like a mixture of, like there's, a, there's more visual density to that area. Because you're in like the forests and there's the village and their houses and like you know if if you know the game at all that the where the second and third act take place are a little more kind of like monolithic feeling and there's like less of the natural world in there so like you know I, I think like the most impressive like wow this looks so much better or so different all really like happened in in the sort of first act or that effect had slightly faded by the time I got to like the castle and stuff. I, I love the changes they've made to the action to, to make it feel a little more, like, it's not a little more accommodating, just to fit, like, the action appetite of, of how we play games in 2023. You know, like, dumb things, like, you have, a you know, weapons are mapped to a D-pad rather than having to go into your inventory to equip a weapon every time you want to change, which in the original game, going back to that now, that does fucking suck. You know, like anything that pulls you out of the world is is grim, and I feel like they've they've done a lot of work to keep you in the world constantly, and that's yeah. that's one of the big changes. There's no longer standalone 
item screens when you pick up items you just pick them up off the ground even like the radio comms they don't cut to a separate screen they sort of overlay over the main game and it's it's that little bit more immersive i guess when we get to the combat section we can talk a little bit about how they've changed like strafing and not being stuck to the spot because that's kind of interesting so i guess to pull out a very specific mechanic i really love what they did with the knife in this one of the big things is in, in the original game, Leon famously has a knife and a lot of your tactics revolve around using the knife to finish people off to conserve ammo. And that's that's like a big part of how you're meant to play Resident Evil 4. Like it isn't balanced for you to just go in, you know, guns blazing every single time. You need to try and like eke every sort of hit point you can out of what you have. In this, they've given like durability to the knife so it can actually break. At the same time, they've kind of empowered it in certain ways in that it can parry attacks that it couldn't parry before. There wasn't a parry move, which can get you out of some like really sticky situations. And it gives you second chances that weren't available to you in the original game. But the counterpoint to that is it's like another resource you now have to manage. You know, if it breaks, you have to pay to fix it. You can upgrade it and things like that. Given how well balanced the kind of the weapon system and the combat system is in the original, to be able to take something like that and change it quite radically, but without like massively upsetting the kind of flow of it. You know, I, I, I didn't feel like shortchanged. I didn't, I was like, oh, I can't use the same tricks I relied on, which is something I really, really liked about it. And I, I also think they've just like, Little things like the fact that it isn't, you know, there are chapter breaks, but there's less kind of like loading screens. It all feels like one more continuous journey, particularly that opening act. I think the area feels a lot more like coherent and the way they've kind of like padded that out and kind of made it all feel like one location. Like it's, I'm not saying it feels like open world, like it's still kind of built from the same parts, but they do some like subtle stuff with like the, 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 the sort of chapter that revolves around the lake that I think makes it feel a, a little bit more interesting. So, you know, it's a bit basic bitch to go, the graphics are better and the combat feels nicer. But that is kind of what jumped out to me. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for the fact that they, <clears throat> I think like the the best bits of the game feel like they, I suppose like it, it sort of takes the bits you remember and really pulls them out and blows them up. Like the village, like you say, is just a, such a phenomenal opening um i did really like i did really love the castle as well mm. uh i think that the end stretch of the game is actually like noticeably weaker when you play this um okay i think i think that's partly because it's not in terms of like the combat but in terms of like the environment you realize it's actually like less distinctive and so when you're remaking it um and you've got an island that's just got a load of like sort of industrial stuff in it right it, and like and some castle bits they're just like it's not that interesting a, a space whereas it feels like they they go weapons free with the village and the castle because they're like, oh, these are amazing kind of ornate locations with like you know loads of opportunity for detail and visual effects and stuff like that. So yeah. it feels like the the good the the already great bits get really really great here, um, and I love that about it. I think the immediacy thing is a good point. Like the even Resident Evil Five had instant weapon switching. They knew it was like you know it was something that the the original Resi Four like really lacked. Um, mm. So. I agree with that and yeah I think like you know we'll, we'll get into the combat but again I think the combat is I think you'd be hard pressed to say this is worse than the original Resi 4 it's like I definitely think it's better not just from a modern perspective but even like if I was just to it feels like all the choices made with the combat were by people who truly love the original Resi 4 combat yeah um yeah and, and you really feel that um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the thing I was interested in was, like, whether anyone would make the case that by 
letting Leon strafe now and not rooting him to the spot, like, does that, like, sap it of some of its tension? Because some of the brilliance of the original is, like, you sort of, every every time you want to shoot someone, you kind of stand your ground. Mm. And it makes that targeting that little bit more tense because you're like, every second I'm doing this is a second I could be backing away instead. Obviously, now you can kind of do that both together. I and mean, it does, that is just how games are. That is how they sort of function. But I, I did wonder, like, has this, like, changed the character fundamentally of, of how this combat works? I Like, I mean, if it has, it, it it's not in a negative way, and I agree with you. Like, I love, love the combat in this game. But I, I was curious to see if other people were going to, you know... It, I wondered if anyone was going to say they've they've really like broken something in letting him move, but doesn't seem yeah. to be the case. Let's bring forward our combat discussion here because I think okay. it's probably worth doing because it's because it is truly like the thing it gets right. I think in this remake yeah. more than anything else, um, it's just phenomenal. I just love it, and I think that I think it's an interesting point about strafing. What I will say is the shooting feels like Resident Evil Two remakes shooting in that it, it actually like at first. The fact that you you can obviously put on aim assist if you want to, but by default aim assist is off. That actually like felt harder to land headshots than I thought it would. Right. Uh, but then you get you then you kind of get used to it. I think the sensitivity of it, and then you you are it's like it's a bit of a skill curve, you know. It's you, yeah. You get, be- you get better at dealing with it. Um. But that I think offsets the fact that you don't have the like fixed movement thing because I do think that like. That was actually something I found relatively easy in Resident Evil Four, like doing headshots and precision shots and things like that. Like it just, right. it felt like it felt like at least it was just super responsive and quite, you know, you didn't have to be like laser, laser precise. I always, I always thought the original almost had a little, a little bit of light gun in it, you know. Yeah, which is, which is maybe why the Wii remote like always made so much sense because you're like Definitely. you're stuck to the spot. Here's a thing: a lot of the combat's about like hitting weak points or interrupting attacks at the mm. right time with a bullet which to me is like quite a light is quite light gun thinking it's not just about get these shots in as fast as possible it's about being quite careful and being able to strafe you can be a little bit more surgical and sort of sneaky i and yeah. I, I i think you're right about like it is harder to land those shots and that counterbalances i mean you don't have the laser sight at the start of this game mm. which is part i would say part of of what makes the the the, definitely those the guns it's attached to um, plus you to shoot. plus you need to stand on the spot for the rescue to shrink enough for you to get a super accurate yeah, shot that's, some guns. yeah and i guess that does like honor the original as well there is like a reward for for kind of standing your ground i think the enemies take a little bit more punishment early on as well it's in the demo that you know there's there's sort of, there's sort of an uh stronger enemy variant earlier on the, the 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 ones with the slightly floppy heads right yeah I don't remember. I don't remember them being in the original and no, replaying they're, they're it not. now. No, and so one of the big tricks in this game is uh, in the original too is uh, like an enemy that becomes something nastier after a point. It introduces that idea from the first enemy in the game. There is now slightly stiffer challenge in that opening stretch. So, like if if you are maybe more capable, I think they throw more at you to counterbalance it. Yeah, I think that's probably true and the other thing is that it's not like um i think it's actually meant to be a bit of a shock to the system when you first do that village bit um because it's not like i sort of got i got i would say not not comfortable with the original the dynamics of the original but certainly if i like nine times out of ten i would always get the chainsaw guy down and then get the i think you get like a a big reward for doing that in the original game and here I didn't get anywhere near that, and it like turned the sort of you know the chase of the village into a proper chase again. There was no chance I was going to hold off all those enemies. I just had to run. Um, mm. 
And so I really enjoyed that. I felt like I was on the back foot for the first hour or so of this game. And it just, mm. it, I found that really exciting before I slowly sort of like tuned into its power curve and stuff and got, mm. a, few, got a few more weapons going. Um, that's really cool because, again, that's something that like, you know, the, the idea of like the, the threat level feeling raised, it really helps. But the other thing is, that I think the power curve the other way goes further in the sense that like, your mastery of your armory and how you deal with the enemies spikes in a way that it doesn't in the original because there's such a specific approach they've taken to the gun upgrade system here that means that your firearms noticeably climb in power and they've added like extra tiers to those different guns basically for you to get like there's like a bonus tier to all of the weapons when you upgrade them right and these normally confer like a damage bonus i think and so that that means that, like, you know, by the end of the game, my Red Nine pistol was an absolute fucking monster. Basically, it wasn't like mm-hmm. a, it wasn't like a Magnum quality, but it gave me fewer reasons to use my shotgun, for example. But I really love that because it's like you start sort of like in almost like piddly kind of action mode, and then by the end of the game, you're just an absolute fucking nightmare for these things. So, <laughs> um, I really love that because I think that the original Resident Four has that too because your armory is always growing. But I think that here they just they push it they push it further in both directions. Like you start on the back foot and then you end just super super empowered. Mm. Um, works really well, I think. Did you like the uh, weapon upgrade system here? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the the key changes as well is that when you sell weapons back to the merchant, you basically get like the f- the full refund that you spent on it. So, like, money feels a little less precious. You can be a bit more experimental. So, like, if, if you if you get a new shotgun, you can just sell the old... Sh- you, know, you could sell a fully upgraded old shotgun and, and quickly upgrade the new one, too, and already make a big dent on it. So I think it's, it's a lot more open to, like, here, have some toys and, and sort of play with them. I definitely felt that in the later areas of the game as well. Like it wasn't that it's like easy per se, but like it's just it's just really fun. You feel so kitted up in this game by the end that you know you kind of almost laugh at how horrendous some of the stuff is. There's a there's like a proper like Rambo run towards the end of this game. It's the same which is in the original too. I won't, I won't say what it, what it is actually, but it's just enemies are just getting like evaporated like left, right, and center, and you feel like well you know this is just inevitable that i'm gonna kind of win at this point i felt like and it it, it does like balance that out you know obviously the third act has like quite a famous horror beat in the middle of it which if mm. you've not played kind of won't spoil but um yeah i, I by the end it, it 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 had a it sort of shifted from the kind of adrenaline of am i gonna make it through to like i love unleashing this stuff on these people <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i just think it, it puts so much power in your hands to like determine what works about your arsenal um yeah like early on it gives you is the bolt gun in the original res it's not, no that's right? that's new so i, bit, I bend that off immediately mate fucking no yeah I, no, no, no use for that at all i think the thinking behind that is that so like it's interesting because that's basically a weapon that was in evil within which is obviously like shinji mikami returning to the kind of resident evil 4 template and it behaves quite similarly to the one in the evil within i think the logic behind it is because you can pick the bolts up it's like an ammo that never runs out as long as you don't just fire like the bolts into like places you can't reach Mm. so it's meant to be like a bit of a safety net i mean also there's there's like slight stealth leanings which i i thought were okay like there's some areas in this game where like 
you can clearly pick off a couple of enemies with stealth if you want to, or you can just kick off the fight and those three enemies will just be in the, the mass of people running towards you. It's got a little bit of like Wolfenstein energy to it, you know, <laughs> where it's yeah. like you will be able to do a couple of these, but this is not a stealth game. Like Or The Last of Us. Yeah, or know? The Last of Us is a perfect example. Yeah, that's probably a, be- a better one because um, it yeah has the right perspective. But... You know, it's kind of fun sneaking up with a knife. It, 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 like, it damages the durability of the knife less to do a stealth kill. So it's a way of getting more out of that resource, which is, which is kind of cool. But yeah, the bolt gun, the bolt gun's fine. I used it like maybe like five times. You can attach like exploding mines to the bolts. Yeah. And I'd probably use that more just to like knock down certain enemies or enemies whose weak spots I was struggling to kind of hit. I would maybe use that as it was a bit broader. The game would have been fine without the bolt gun. I think the balance, the, the difficulty is quite nicely tuned. Yeah, it didn't. It, I don't think like the one thing that Resi 4, the original, lacked was more weapons. So it almost like didn't quite fit into the ecosystem of weapons for me. I felt it yeah. felt a bit off because it's so slow to fire, which obviously, you know, you having infinite ammo is part of the reason why that's like, you know, that's why it is the way it is. But I was just like, well. I would rather have the risk reward of finite ammo um, right. than 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 ha- have this thing that like fires. Then by the time I've reloaded, three enemies surrounding me, and I'm, I'm sort of like, this is a bit pointless. So um, yeah, yeah I, ju- I just sold it. And I agree with you that the the way the game telegraphs to you, you can sell anything, and it's like no consequence is really funny, especially because the merchant says to you, "We just want you to do well, mate," or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> awesome." Um, so. Yeah, like I, 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 I sort of appreciate the valiant attempt to add something, but um, doesn't necessarily work. But I agree with you; the other stuff they add does work really well. So the knife, the knife thing's great because you can upgrade the knife like any other weapon, um, mm. which is definitely not the case in the original. The knife is just functional. But here, like it's yeah, you, you can upgrade the damage. There are, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there's more than one knife you can get because you're picking up all kinds of knives as you're going around the the, the game. Yeah. And so, yeah, you you upgrade the knife and then you can upgrade its damage and then you have to repair it. But I think that system really adds something. Um, later on, you can pick up armor, which I think is similar to Resident Evil 2 Remake. I think had that too, Matthew. I can't exactly remember now. but um, uh, re- I, I, can't, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I can't remember, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that may or may not be factually accurate. But um, <laughs> in any case, that's another thing you can repair. And it gives you a bit of a reprieve in battle, that sort of thing. Works really well. Combat like no complaints just phenomenally done like basic combat against basic enemies all the archetypes are here they're great a few archetypes they have added are really good uh won't spoil those in case i can't remember if any of them were in the demo i don't think they were actually so i let people go and discover those and enjoy those really good so matthew what did they get wrong or what have they missed in broad terms without getting too specific some of its weirder excesses have have been removed there are some colorful set pieces or like puzzles maybe like individual rooms or obstacles from the castle i remember that when they aren't in there there's like a little sort of like twinge of disappointment you're like oh that's a shame you know because there's so much of the game is in here it's kind of impossible to play this game without having like a mental tick list of stuff that you kind of want to see or that you hope to see and i'd say they hit like 90 percent of it the original is so iconic that you can't help but notice a few missing pieces um, in places. I also think there are a few set pieces where they've reimagined things in a way which is a little bit more standard. I could see the similarities between certain encounters more than I could in the original because I think the original sometimes could throw a little, uh, have a bit more of a sort of defining spin on something. Mm. Um, 
they've also taken like a couple of things and turned them into more standard combat encounters. It's quite hard to talk about without spoiling individual bits. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let's save that that sort of discussion yeah. of those specifics for the next one. That's the next next section. But, it's, so, I, yeah. I, but is it churlish to be like when they when so much of it is in there? Like, you, you might know, as well do a, all of it. Yeah, but you know, the the second it doesn't do something, you're like, oh, that's a huge shame. And you're like, well, look at what they have done. So like an early one, like the chairlift sequence from the original isn't in this which in my head i always really remembered as part of the whole sequence in the kind of run-up to the the kind of boss of the village act and when it didn't happen i was like oh that's that's the first time the game like massively deviated for me in terms of like a big thing you did in the original that you didn't do here i did deal with it you know i wasn't like fuck this game or whatever but maybe that like set up like that once i was kind of over that that first like example of it when it maybe did that again a couple of other times like it didn't bother me as much i was like oh okay so we're not doing everything and like i say like what they do do is so like rock solid like you're never having less than fun with it i you know i I feel like holding it to that sort of standard was maybe like a bit unrealistic yeah i think that the so the, the the question i sort of like wondered was okay are there parts of this where they're ashamed of it being a video game a little bit but then there are so many right. other parts that that don't tell that story, so that can't be it. There must yeah. be some some other rationale at work when something is missed. Because I, you know, the ski lift. Weirdly, there is one you see in the game. Like you, yeah. you see it. Well, that's be, it. yeah. It's there. If it was like but... it's just there to go, like remember that, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I really like that bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, it was a really good like rifle showcase that isn't yeah. in the game anymore. But then there are set pieces that like take the bones of the original and then go so hard in this one that you're like oh no they do they really relish the fact that this is a video game and it's really silly like that's yeah yeah like as uh, which i think again we'll we'll save more discussion that for the next part but yeah i think that like the bits and pieces they miss like my memory isn't good enough for me to be too aggrieved by like the overall number of things they've missed because it's not like totally there um just to jump ahead slightly here i guess I think the boss battles are by far the weakest part of this remake. Um, right. I don't think I don't think any of them were good um, because they a lot of them do this thing where it's not just like I think the first in the you know in the, the original version it's just raw firepower if you sink bullets into bosses until they're done and you're fighting them in these extraordinary circumstances. So um, you know so there's this, the stress of just dealing with your environment and how the enemy is moving is the challenge. Here, they're kind of like most of them are gated by you have to run up to them and do a knife attack to kind of move to the next phase kind of thing and that i think makes the bosses a bit less interesting um mm. or at least it made me question were the bosses in the original resi 4 ever that great or was it always right. about was it always about the circumstances going back to our best boss battles there matthew but like sometimes it's not necessarily the mechanics of a boss it's like the environment yeah. right? and resi 4 did the environment of bosses better than any other game arguably i think it's actually that the bosses are just aren't much copying resident evil 4 like original and this mm. um because what works in resident evil 4 and what is amazing about it is is it, you know it's a game all about like crowd control it's all about prioritizing who to attack what to attack them with it's about resource management like a boss like it's fundamentally one thing you have to worry about and it removes a lot of that decision making like what the boss battles in resident 4 evil 4 actually are 
it is the village. It's the house siege. You know, that's where it's like, you know the thing we do? This is where we're going to do it extremely hard. You know, we're going to come at you so hard with so many things. Can you hold this off? Can you survive for X amount of time? That is really what the boss battle equivalent in this game should be. And it is, like those scenes are in there. So the idea of just some big thing that you have to just dodge its attacks and like shoot in its eye. I mean, I guess like the accuracy of the shooting is 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 an elevated challenge of something that you're doing throughout the game. But it, I, I never thought they were much much can't you know as, as i was doing them in this i was like they're flashy in this they're, they're visually you know quite nice to sort of see I, I, the whole time i was like oh yeah I, I never really liked the bosses in these games i like their designs i like the ideas of them i don't yeah. know. I, I don't think that's a controversial take <laughs> i don't think so but i think that people will remember the bosses fondly but i think they will remember the bosses fondly probably because of the spectacle um yeah like because people remember the burning barn more than what you fight in the burning barn right like that's yeah um, you know yeah. I, I thought or at least like you know I, I suppose what i'm saying is like the actual mechanics of the fight you don't remember you just remember what it looks and feels like um, yeah and like but but there are some that in here well there's like one in this the salazar fight where i thought this is just quite bad that's just such a classic resi thing though it's like such a huge monster with such a tiny weak spot and it's m- moving around arena and it's it's just a case of like trying to keep your ammo up and you know, all I can see with their big bosses like that are like all the tricks they use to kind of always give you an out. Enemies that drop little pods that you can shoot and then they've got ammo in them and stuff. I just, they're, they're really like transparent how they work. And I've just done too many of those fights in too many Resi games. <laughs> like Resident Evil 6 has got like 30 boss fights like that, you know. And <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, they're no better, no worse to me, but. Yeah, I didn't look forward to it. after after the first couple. It wasn't like, oh, amazing! I can't wait to see another what they've done with these bosses. You're like, oh yeah, these are these are fine. I do quite like the one that involves the freezing tanks. Yeah, that is good. Yes, that's like, like that's that, got that... more of a like gimmick to it that I that I've enjoyed. Like that that feels it's maybe more of a set piece than like a trad boss fight. I think that that speaks to like the original resi force strengths too right which is this it was an absolute ideas factory right and yeah that whole idea like if you completely you could completely strip that character and that set piece out of the game and it would be you know the game would still be acclaimed like it's not but it's, right. it's not it's not really it's a very self-contained idea for like a horror set piece and mm. um but it's just like it's like the designers showing off of like oh and we've also thought of this where it's like a one-on-one encounter in this location and yeah using these freezing this freezing idea to like to to do to deal with them um just really really smartly done Uh, Mm. like in the original and then um yeah i think i agree that that's actually like well adapted here so no complaints about that yeah i think i think i just got like it was when like a knife icon came up and it's like oh you have to do this now to progress the fight and i just didn't i don't want that like i did like that the original Resi 4 sort of like let you break it a bit by saying, well, if you just like use four Magnum bullets on this boss, then it'll just go down immediately. Um, yeah. And I quite I like that. because st- it- I think you still can shoot them when they're stunned and it's like a big melee button appears above them. I don't right, think okay. you have to engage with it. You don't. Okay, you don't have to use that to progress the fight. I didn't try because I thought, oh, okay, well, 
I guess I just have to do this like yeah, two or three times. See. Yeah, I think you can get away with it. I don't know. I need to sort of experiment more with it, really. <laughs> well, again, but like, I suppose, like you know, just to kind of give the bosses their due, they still have the spectacle element, of course. Like mm. that's that is what they have in their corner. Like they feel. Uh, like for the most part, they feel like the boss encounters, as you probably remember them, um, mm. to a large extent. But yeah, that's that's probably the only thing about the game I didn't really love, to be honest. Um, mm. As well as like, I think the island at the, at the end does get a little bit, a uh, slightly too shooty. Like you can see how Resident Evil Five gets made after that island sequence. Like right. it's, it feels very, very Resident Evil Five to play. The, you know this game's version of that section um did you get right. that vibe too it's very very shootery right right yeah yeah that's yeah that's that's true i do mm. lo- i love the helicopter bit though i mean without going into it i think it is cool well i liked it too but like it's just um yeah this it, there's a this is a, there's just a lot of it in a row and it's like um it's nice it, it is good but it's just it's much shootier than some of the other sections which are a bit more in that survival horror vein, I think by that point it's not so much survival horror as it is like a pure sort of like gun battle towards. towards yeah, the end. Um, I think yeah. I think that thing you said about like when we were talking about the freezing boss and you were like, you know, just the idea that they put everything in and you know it's just like idea an ideas factory, idea after idea. They have removed some of those ideas. Like that mm. is that is a fact, and it, it, interesting. I'm sure you read Rich's uh, review on PC Gamer, which I thought was great. You know, friend of the show, Rich Stanton. Um, he was a little cooler on it. I'm still to the tune of eighty percent, which is like a, a glowing endorsement from Rich for this particular game. I would say, mm-hmm. um, knowing how much he loves Resident Evil Four, but he he felt like it had sanded down too many of the kind of like idiosyncratic kind of edges of the game. Mm. And as it goes on, you definitely like that. That's what I was talking about when you've got this like tick list of things. And I think the better you know the game, probably the more thorough that tick list is going to be mm. and like the more room for disappointment there is like there are a couple of bits like i said the chairlift there's some stuff from like the older games which i remember just seeing in screenshots and thinking how is all of this in the same game yeah. and and like i had that excitement of playing this and seeing how all those locations were going to look and when one of them didn't turn up there was always like a oh that is a shame and should we talk about qtes because i think that factors into this a bit yeah yeah i think so so yeah, the lack of QTEs in this game. They don't... In some cases, they replace them with gameplay. Not many cases. Yeah. But otherwise, you're just watching cutscenes instead. Um, broader point, I something on paper, like objectively, the cutscenes in this and the writing and the acting is better than the original Resident Evil. <laughs> right. But I don't think it is better. Um, right. I think that like the B-movie tone of the original was well-judged. Um, and really, really good, and yeah. nothing to be ashamed of, um, because Resident Evil, man, it's not fucking high art. Yeah, um, and I think that like here, you don't question it too much in Resident Evil 4 Remake because the game looks color palette wise and like just in general looks exactly as you want it to look. Like it's visual, yeah. like the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, they get all of the visual bits right. So in your in your head, you're like, okay, I'm in Resident Evil 4, and it's like tickling all those parts of your brain i think by itself the dialogue and the story and the acting is like it's just fine it's just like yeah it's just it's, just okay um it's, it's really coherent i will say like if like they've the, the way that they have adjusted the story and like some of the excesses they've removed it does make it feel like of a piece like if if this game was exactly as it was as it is now this remake except it had like 
one bit where you mash the button to run away from a boulder, that <laughs> boulder sequence would feel weird, you know, in it this would. game. But that's the case I'd say for like if you keep if you ha- if they had kept all the QTE like weird stuff. Basically, the original game handed over its its like silliest moments or moments that were beyond the core mechanics to QTEs. That is the beauty of a quick time event. It lets you do basically anything. Mm. Um, outside of your normal control scheme, and by removing that, like you give yourself like the disciplined task of making this big coherent action experience that never really breaks character, and this doesn't. But you do lose the the weird spikes, and that's that's something like Rich definitely dinged it for in the review, and like. I am sad. The quick time events aren't that heinous that you couldn't have put in one or two, just as like a. Here we go. We know this is fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the QTEs. Like we we, t- we talked about this, but like, yes, they were they got overused in the like late noughties. But you know, they were the reason they kind of got mega popular was okay. Shenmue was like the I think like created them, but this was sort of like the best possible form was in Resident Evil Four. Um, mm. So I'm not sure it's anything to be ashamed of. It's not like they took it out of the VR version. You still do it, but you use the move controllers um, wherever the they're called on the oculus they're pretty good for that mm. um and so yeah i think that like it doesn't replace it with anything better um because you have cutscenes where like some of that action happens but yeah it's not like it's more stimulating it like actually takes some of the sort of theme parkiness out of it right which i think is a, a slight weakness but not not something like i would mega ding the game for because i think, I think yeah. it's so strong in other areas but i think it is like it does I think it does speak to the larger like tonal project with this as a remake of like it's silly but it's not as excessively silly as Resident Evil 4, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost wish there was like a, a mode that unlocked <laughs> that like put that stuff back in for your second run through. Totally. Because I've been doing New Game Plus with it and you know, you can just loop back into the game with everything you finish the game with. Playing Resident Evil from the start with the arsenal you have at the end turns it into like the dumbest thing ever. Because you just murk everyone with like you're just like fuck it. I've got fully upgraded Magnum. I'm just the chainsaw guy turns up in the village. You just shoot him once on the head and he's dead. And you're like, well, this is this is dumb. That that run through could absolutely sustain like a few dumb quick time events added. You know, mm. by all means, give everyone your initial authored version of the game where it is a bit more slow and steady. But like, just throw in some like curveballs or something because. I do miss that stuff. It also means the original has a reason to exist. You know, it is an alternate text. You know, it's mm. a, the rare example where two things can coexist. It doesn't happen very often in adaptation. No, in it's fact, this... this and the Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> it did the book, make me... the book and the film both excellent in their own ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did make me think that should I go back and. Um play the vr one some more because i've got it right there on a modern platform it's probably its best possible modern form and you know right um and it's just and it's like oh yeah you know the, the little bits and pieces i do miss like it was fun to do the boulder in that right. I, as, as as discussed in a previous episode it's a rite of passage to work out how the fuck you like dodge that boulder the first right. time it happens using a new control scheme and on vr i had no idea what the buttons were right so that took a, took a few attempts but it's I, you know i forgot the I'm boulder happens twice in the original as well yeah, 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 yeah. That's then, so funny. It's like, here it is again. It's like, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I thought was interesting about Rich's review is he dinged the castle sequence, which is like the middle section of the game, essentially, yeah. for essentially being a bit like a slight shadow of its former self. I think that one thing that is interesting about this is that 
it almost treats the environments like continuous environments in the way that it did like the police station in Resident Evil 2 Remake. Whereas I think there was so much momentum in Resident Evil 4, the the original, that you weren't thinking about backtracking that much. I think the village is the only time you ever really think of it as like a continuous space. Um, And then after that, it's just forward, 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 forward. And so here, here you can, you find yourself in a position to jog back to the beginning of the castle. And it's basically just like one long corridor that you can do in about three minutes. And that may be breaks the illusion a tiny bit from um the original what do you think yeah it's it's interesting because the way that they try and like justify it is there is a layer of like treasures hunting backtracking you know it like adds keys to the game Mm. where there are things you can't unlock until you come back to them later so it kind of announces it quite early on and puts those things on the map so like if you're really trying to squeeze every bit of currency out of the game like you will have to go back it also uses the sort of side missions like side challenges where it will kind of put some new enemies in old areas or it will try and like lure you back and that stuff mostly worked but there there are a few of them and it, uh, maybe i felt it more in the castle than in the village because like you say in the village it kind of naturally loops back on itself you sort of run through the same places but you know in slightly different circumstances an hour or two into the game where in the castle you know when it goes hey there's this thing all the way back here or like there was a locked drawer in this bit of the battlements and when you go back there they've maybe put in a couple new enemies to kind of shock you along the way Mm. but i i was i was often thinking like this feels like a big empty level that I've I've killed everything in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost a bit like when you play a Lego game and you sma- once you've smashed everything up, those Lego levels feel like quite sad and barren because <laughs> you've like <laughs> removed all the toys from them and it's just a room that used to have Lego in it. Um, that's kind of how the backtracking in this game feels like. I mean, the fix is just to like not engage and push forward with it. But I, I think there's too much stuff like tempting you back that they needed to repopulate it just a little bit more, I think. And I'm not saying, like, endlessly respawn enemies, because that would fuck with, like, the ammo kind of economy of the game. But um, just some something a little more than they maybe have done. Yeah, or it just needs to shut the door behind you and be like, well, you're on the next bit now. Like, it might just be as simple as that. Um, yeah. it, give, it gives you enough time to question your surroundings, which Resident Evil 4 d- d- does not do. It's just, yeah, onto the next bit, onto the next bit, onto the next bit. And so, yeah, it does like it does seem strange when you just can endlessly plod back through these bits because yeah. you've taken on a side quest that requires you did, to do so or something like that. Did you buy the treasure map from the merchant? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I don't know if I, I was right to do that because there's like a layer to like Resident Evil 4, the original. And maybe it's just like of the time where, you know, there were still secrets in games and... You know, people be like, did you know that actually you could shoot this thing out of the tree and then you'll get like an extra diamond. But like every one of those things you discovered felt very exciting in Resident Evil 4. And there is still that layer to it. But you can buy an item which basically tells you where all that stuff is for Mm. like the whole area. Either that item's too cheap or like maybe they should only unlock that item on the second playthrough or something. It just I I regretted buying it instantly because it turned the map into just... Oh, I'm just clearing icons off this map rather than what was that glint? Oh, holy shit! There's a thing up there. Yes, I've got a bit more currency. I felt like I had loads of money because it just told me where all the treasures are. Completely my own fault, admittedly. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's it's a weird one because some bits of it I would I I think like a tiny bit of steer maybe not the worst thing for new players, but there's stuff that where like the quest is 
find these blue things and then shoot them. People will remember that you could do that with two different um two in two different areas in the original Resident Evil 4. Yeah. And then you would get a gun as a reward for it. You would do that, get the gun as a reward. It was a memorable, cool little quest. You had to go and find the blue things yourself. Here, you buy that map and it just tells you where they are. And then like <laughs> it's just like a, a case of looking up or down to see where they've put it. Now, there's a couple of things to that. Some of them are placed so abstractly that you probably wouldn't just find them without a map because they're just it's like HD era, so it's like a tiny blue glint in the distance or quite low down. They're all in pretty like they're cleverly hidden in the original, but you could find them like without a map. Like, you know, it was it was carefully balanced. Here it's like it would almost be slightly too annoying to do it without a map because right. the areas are so big. But also, by telling you where they are, that's not a challenge at all. And I, yeah. wonder if that, I wonder if that's the right compromise. This is really granular stuff, but yeah. It's really tough. It's all factors into like usability stuff. People have been dunking on screenshots of the game because of the classic crates and the barrels painted with yellow and all this stuff. Developers always say, like, you have no idea how abstract these things can seem like until we've given you the guides. If you take those crutches away, you'd be amazed at, like, how flummoxed you might actually be so talking about like what could have been is is very very difficult with a game like this yeah uh, because i've experienced it this way now so the, the other thing is that with it when it comes to like the the yellow signposting of items i didn't mind that so much as someone who's got slightly fucked eyesight these days right um, but <laughs> get good glasses dude yeah i should probably just do that but i will say that like regardless of how you feel about that as an accessibility setting it's like it's not like there's anything else about the game that's playing itself for you. Like this is a game that's actually like as modern games go, it's not hard, but it requires it definitely requires skill. It's mm. like it's like so it's the idea of like using that to kind of kick a game for being dumbed down is it makes no sense because there's a lot of other things to consider. What I will say is like because this is my last like gripe at this game, the world feels less interactive than it did in the original. Like you would go around, you would see like a glint in the at the top of like a, a hallway, and you would shoot it, and then like one of those spinels would drop down. Yeah. You go sell them to the merchant. You shoot a crow, and it would always drop something. Um, here, the crows don't always drop something. That's annoying. Um, <laughs> you you um, spinels. You that's, have to... that's classic risk reward. <laughs> <laughs> the crows in this were quite just quite strangely implemented. I thought. I, I thought sometimes they dropped things, sometimes they didn't, and I just thought, eh. Um, and then like there's the... still that big cluster though in that arena. Which yeah, I love killing that with a grenade. That's just that's classic Resi. Absolutely. Um, there's also little things like um, you might remember early on in the uh, village sections. There's like treasure you can you have to shoot down like a little wooden platform to oh, stop yeah. the treasure from getting dirty. Things like that, like that you take them out of the world and it feels slightly less like you're interacting with it. And it feels slightly t- a tiny bit more movie setish than it does maybe in the mm. original. Um, but that said. I also want to praise this game for the times where it does take something and then really runs with it. So I think mm. that, um, the, uh, without spoiling it, there is a, a section where you play as a, another character um, mm. that people remember from the original game. I think that section fucking rules in this game. Um, mm. I think it's really it's scary. It's really well done. It's like it's got a lot more going on ideas wise. It works really, really well. There is a section in some underground area, I would say, like a set piece that um, goes so hard in this that is absolutely hysterical and great fun. Oh, um, yeah. And it, it took one of my like least favorite big enemy encounters from the, the original and turns it into something a bit more doable and enjoyable, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to be like, uh, yeah, I want to just say that that is, that is true. Like this, the it, right right at the start, like there's um, like a farm area of the village that um, 
I had like a reveal that I thought was great and they'd slightly rejigged the environment so it wasn't exactly the same and I, I thought that worked really well I think that speaks mm. again to like I've got zero complaints about how that entire first section of the village is done like that's mm. like maybe the strongest adaptation of a section that they, mm. they do in this um really really good and so yeah i just i just had a brilliant time with it all my granular complaints are just from someone who's played the original so many times yeah but then that is the relationship i think that people have with the original resi 4 yeah. like it's that's why doing a remake is such a bold thing it's such a hurt so many hurdles to overcome matthew mm. Mm. for sure yeah. for sure yeah yeah like this isn't this episode isn't becoming a dunking session you know, <laughs> no definitely not that may be like one of the last times that we we do dunk so I will say here was something, Matthew. Did um, this? Did was there anything in this remake that jogged, jolted your memory of the original that you'd forgotten? Was there anything where you're like, oh yeah, I completely forgot this is in the original because it's been so long. But this uh, reminded me. This was a key bit of it. There were a couple of enemy types I'd sort of semi forgotten, or that they they'd sort of changed them a bit. There are these sort of insect things which. Once I was there, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. The funny thing was how I instantly slipped into, like, exactly the same routines that I did in the first one. I have never played Resident Evil 4 where I have substantially used machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am always pistol, shotgun, rifle guy. I think I've maybe fired, like, the TMP, like, twice ever. <laughs> like, I have no idea how that gun fits into it. Because in my head, the idea of spraying bullets in a world where bullets are, like, so precious, I'm like, fuck that, no, of course not. No one would ever use that. So there's, like, a whole strand of this game. Like, there's, there's, there's multiple machine guns you can buy and upgrade paths or whatever that I've, like, never, ever engaged with. And, like... It was just funny how I just slipped, you know, when I came to the same point of like, am I going to use this? It's like, well, so far in the game, I found machine gun ammo once. So no, of course, I'm not going to use it. I think <laughs> I fucking sold it and just bought a faster reload for a shotgun instead. <laughs> so is the machine gun good in Resident Evil 4? I have no idea. Well, I think it does in the original. You are you are coaxed out of it by every chapter end screen telling you what your fucking accuracy ratio was. Right. So, so why would I ever use a TMP knowing that I'm going to be like scored at the end of every single chapter? That was like, <laughs> that was similar to my relationship. Well, I, I did use it more here well there is an end of chapter accuracy ratio you have to press a button to see it and i right. i prefer i preferred not to know how badly i did in most cases but also you do get some moments later in the game where i think that the machine guns are really good for crowd control you can also um fit a certain scope to a, a um to the machine to a machine gun you get later in the game which um you can also use to deal with a, a certain enemies that i won't go into oh, right, yeah, yeah. um so there's another reason to use it there but the the ammo clip is so fucking tiny even with upgrades that it's like it, it never really feels worth it this is definitely like the the shotgun rifle pistol game it just is and then the with an occasional little magnum to treat yourself that's kind of what the 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 ideal armory is to me but the, like you say that you sold your machine gun and upgraded your shotgun that's that's part and parcel of how they've designed it right it's designed yeah. to be the your armory the way you want it which is really, yeah. really good yeah. Um, uh, yeah actually on a side note for that like the fact that they've added ammo crafting. Normally when games are like, we've added crafting, you're like, oh, great, I can't wait. <laughs> but actually here, in a game where what ammo you have really changes how any fight can go, giving you the power to have a few extra decisions in that, like either use it as a safety net or like commit early to like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a little bit more on shotgun or do I spend loads on like magnum ammo or whatever. Mm. That's, that decision suits like Resident Evil 4's whole deal very elegantly i thought yeah that's another resident evil 2 remake carryover isn't it yes yeah, yeah 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 and i think 
I think the original Resi 2 as well. Can't remember now. Um, but yeah, so that's um, I agree. That's a really nice touch. Like this, the, these touches might seem sort of superficial on paper, but yeah, like that's designed to give you more choice. So why not? Um, mm. Really works well. Uh, so Matthew, like, was um, how do you think this does compare to the other two modern Resi remakes? Because I think that their place was very obvious as discussed like the of all the games that you would give a modern refresh two and three seem like the most obvious candidates four not so much how do you think it stacks up next to them it's it's interesting like i wasn't really like comparing it quality wise because i think tonally they're, they're they're very like different games the thing i did really like and i appreciated a bit more making resident evil 2 in the same perspective as resident evil 4 it becomes easier to kind of put leon side by side with himself i i genuinely got a little bit more out of having played leon like on his sort of first day at work as a rookie where he's having a really shit time and he's like he's like quite competent but you know he never really gets to just like completely let loose in that game compared to how he is in here it's just easier to see that jump like that isn't something i maybe appreciated when i played the original resident evil 4 mechanically it was so different from the fixed perspective resident evil 2 you kind of took it for granted in a way you were like well of course he controls differently but here like there's like i guess narratively there's there's a clearer through line of seeing like how this over the shoulder leon has kind of like what, what a few years of training has turned him into that i really liked it doesn't really change my feelings about like Resident Evil 3, which I, st- I still think is like, a little weaker. And my big problem with that is I don't think that remake ever found the right way of like tapping into its like unique selling point, which was Nemesis. You know, They never really worked out how to make it their own or make it worthwhile in the remake. Where like Resident Evil 4, it really understands its strength is in that crowd control combat and how to kind of elevate that and make that even more intense and even more exciting. Like, they've... they've. It just feels like... And because it's the team that made two and also made four, I just think they're better at, like, tapping into, like, what made their game tick than necessarily the Resident Evil 3 team did. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I think that, like... um I think three's reputation has grown slightly as people have like picked it up at, for like seven or eight quid as opposed to forty quid, and so right. maybe like much like me, I bought it for like I think sixteen quid or something, and right. and in that circumstance, the blast in a weekend, it was quite fun, but it obviously pales next to Resi Two Remake and this, um, yeah, like quite firmly. I think that it's sort of like um, I find it reassuring really that they were able to remake this and then capture just so much of the original energy of it and like um and to to just show so much devotion to what was great about the original yeah that's like it's a real kind of triumph on that level i think it's just it's not just a tribute it's like you know we think all of this works it's just how exactly do we make it what what would we change in retrospect to just give it a tiny bit more polish and that's a great approach to take towards something and it's like it's it's reverent but it's not a one-to-one adaptation it's probably the only approach they could take with a remake yeah game. yeah no i agree with that i agree with that i just I, I think like it's made me feel like even better about their collective remake project i guess like mm. the fact that the opening cutscene of this game you know when leon's talking about like those events back in raccoon city it's showing you like footage and clips from the remake of two it just it puts it all together you know you're like oh yeah this feels like a kind of complete package it, it you know if you're gonna remake these things it really makes sense to kind of commit to it in this way and kind of bring it all together 
especially if you were coming to them new, it, it would just feel like so much clearer, that through line. Given that there is a bit of remake fatigue, I feel intrigued, like, oh, what would they do if they made more of these remakes? What else could they do? You know, I it, it leaves me sort of feeling quite hopeful about this particular team. Yeah. Are there any other Res- Resi remakes you want to see off the back of this, Matthew? Would it be insane for them to remake one from this perspective? I was thinking that. It's a bit, it'd be a bit weird if you go onto the PlayStation Store, you type in Resident Evil, and then you get three different games to choose from, like, right. to buy. <laughs> yeah. But also, there is, like, obviously a big big gap between the f- the first one and then the GameCube remake, even though only six years had passed. And now you're looking at, like, 21 additional years more by the time they finished it. I think there's Ooh. an argument for it, especially if, like, your whole strategy is like they're always packaging up like two and three on the on the store and then uh, five and six are all packaged up as well like you do have the fixed camera resi but they must be thinking could we just do what we did with these for that like it's yeah that feels like that would make more sense than like doing five and like there is no universe timeline where they ever remake resident evil six that just doesn't happen unless they literally like make a new game and call it Resident Evil 6. They literally replace it with something. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, the other option, obviously, is that, like, if they did do Code Veronica, the reason I don't think, I don't think they would do it is because, timeline-wise, it would be strange to, like, take a step back after going forward from, like, 2, 3, 2, uh, 4. But Code Veronica obviously has like Claire Redfield in it, who is in Resi Two Remake, so you have that to draw upon, so you can yeah. like you can link that together. Um, it's really hard to tell where it might go, and I don't I don't actually think a Resi Five remake is completely off the table after playing I, this. Um, yeah, one thing I, I did wonder was like if they could. I'd be interested if they did something like maybe like merge Resi One and Resi Five. <laughs> and do it as like a this is like the big Wesker stuff all happening like because I don't know if Resi 1 would you know from this perspective if you just like eat th- you know it's not like a big enough location almost you'd eat through it too fast I couldn't see it really being a standalone for some reason like it doesn't really quite work in my head but I could see something about like where does this start where does it end for these characters mm. maybe something like that could work yeah um, it, it feels like there's enough money in it for them for them to just do the entire series. Like it's yeah, that, or, or, I, yeah, all yeah. that. I mean, I, I, like if they do end up remaking Resident Evil Six as it is, it would be <laughs> no. the funniest fucking thing ever. I mean, I would love it. Like that would be like the best thing that could ever happen to this podcast. <laughs> um, it would, it would but, cost like, too much fucking money to be honest. I, it just I mean, there's just no there's no chance. Um, yeah. But no. Um, but I agree that would be a, a laugh for us, and isn't that the reason we do everything here? Um, so yes, crime, I agree with it's you. not a crime if it's funny. <laughs> the other thing is that, like, I, I was there thinking, could they just boldly make a new Resi from this perspective? Because I think we all had to like ac- accept that third-person Resi had to go away after six because it shat its pants too much, and it's like <laughs> fine. But also, that was you must leave, sir. <laughs> You have disgraced yourself in our restaurant. <laughs> but also, at that point, if you don't count the two Revelations games, at that point, you had only ever had, like, two sequels to Resi 4. Like, the idea that they just had to completely go away and reboot with 7, and then, obviously, Village just kind of pushed that um, in that direction more, which actually was is very, very similar to Resi 4. So you actually have the kind of weird thing of, like, a game inspired by Resi 4 and then a Resi 4 remake in like, you know, yeah. two years apart from each other. Um, but it's like, could you just not just 
sort of like get this team to make a new resi game that has like some of the same characters and maybe a different setting or something like mm. that was kind of what i also came out of this thinking well these guys sure know how to fucking make a combat system they know how to make beautiful environments and like mm. what what happens if they're just unleashed on making something brand new i'd, I'd like to see it but i don't know man it's, i wonder if they'll ever make another third person resi what do you reckon uh, I mean, with the fact that they put the third-person mode into Village after the fact, and the fact the DLC was third-person suggests that they're like open to it. Like, mm. yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of intriguing. I mean, like this team, this remake team, like f- almost feel like too talented to just make them remake other people's work, especially now that you are like getting through the truly great resis have been made yeah i feel like there's there's too much enshrined canon for them just to go we're gonna make a new version of five and six that just do different stuff or we you know we're gonna fill in that gap differently yeah the other the other reason i think that like um that maybe remaking the other ones after make remaking four doesn't make sense is four is like the apex of set piece design and imagination and things like that i think that even if you go back to a haunted house setting or you know code veronica's island setting and stuff like that i think that four is just such an iconic ambitious game and once you've gone back once you try and reverse from that i think anything does feel less ambitious by comparison and that's a tough thing to deal with so yeah it does leave it in an interesting position okay here's a question matthew we're in a weird place with games this year where three of the most the highest rated games so far are remakes of games from the noughties we've got this and we have metro prime remastered and we have dead space remake um is that a good or bad thing to you and are we going to let these games be eligible for our game of the year list at the end of the year uh i think they should be eligible i think right. if they came out they came out and that's that's the deal I, d- I think you have to take them on individual, almost like game-by-game basis. I do not have a problem with them remaking this because, A, it ended up being really good and justifying itself. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they aren't making new Resi as well, yeah. you know? Like, Resi is, a, is is maybe the rarest case in that it's feeding you on both fronts. And it's using that alternating kind of development cycle to mean there's always resi about a year out which is like exactly what i want (laughs) same yeah big same metro prime it's kind of tricky because you're like on one hand fucking great really good remaster really well made uh having loads of fun playing it but like does that make up for the sting of like would i rather have metro prime 4 yeah you know definitely (laughs) (laughs) so i get it like I, i i get the whole Look at, you know, isn't it weird that these are all remakes? But for me, it's just, it's series by series. I know when I'm being kind of, I know when I feel like I've been shortchanged or like I'm not getting what I want. And in this case, I'm, I don't feel that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's, um, the other thing is that you play a game like this. And one thing I did sort of like ask after reading uh, Richard's review actually is because it's sort of like, he said that if you came to this new now, and you played it, you just think it's like, what's? I don't quite get what the third person, the hype was about this third person shooter. Um, but it made me think like, mm. there are no third person shooters now. Like it's gone. Right. The genre's gone. The genre's dead. Like we accept that if you're going to do a third person shooter now, it has to be part of a giant open world game or another mechanic and something else. One of the mm. reasons I really enjoy playing through this is because it's like under 20 hours to complete. It feels really like value packed in that time. And it's like it's almost like Resi is the last series that can smuggle a third-person shooter in by like right. <laughs> uh, you know because the, the because the franchise is so big, and like 
that's that fucking rules. I mean, I just yeah. I'd, I'd take this. There's no 50 hour open world game you could give me this year that I would take over this. No way. And so I'm not like I think like when you look at those remakes, you have to ask, have games gotten better since than these since then? And I think the honest answer is not for those particular types of games. Like right. survival horror has not moved significantly forward since Resi 4 or um or Dead Space. I think that's fair to say. Like it's mm. certainly there are some like more interesting like thematic takes on that um on on survival horror that exist in the indie space. But in the blockbuster horror space, no way. I don't think so. Mm. Um and then with Metro Prime like you say, the, no I haven't made a new one in like 16 years. That's mm. just that's that's such a long period of time. And so mm. while I th- I could see what people get a, like, a little bit pessimistic at, at at this. I think that like it's also no bad thing to have these games, these kinds of games, back in the spotlight as counter programming to things that just take fifty hours to complete, things that feel very bloated and aren't necessarily mm. as, ex- as interesting to us. So, mm. yeah, um, that's not just me being nostalgia dad. I just think that, I mean, there's a reason these were great and they haven't necessarily been surpassed. So, fucking, why not? That's how I see it, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I, I I think the only the only place it it's a minor thing because I know it is coming. Like, there was a time that these Resident Evil games they like arrived with just such a slew of bonus modes and extra features, mm. and they haven't quite worked that out in like, the last five years. Like, they've always come eventually. Some of it's been like partitioned into like DLC packs, mm. but there is something. There is a like a little shame that like Mercenaries isn't here in this. I, I something I associate with the Capcom character is like fully featured like really rich generous games and yeah. this is still a this is a big campaign i mean this is like you say 16 18 hours or whatever and then you will want to replay it through with new game plus and extra weapons and all this extra stuff but the original was more impressive in in that sense than this hmm. uh and you know just no one's really doing that pretty much apart from platinum who basically are like still have that kind of bit of capcom in them i think Hmm. you know those games are still like fucking stacked with stuff even that new bayonetta origins has like extra campaign stuff that unlocks at the end that you're like even this does it you know like they're they're they value that stuff and that's that's a bit of old thinking i i do miss but it probably doesn't fit in with our current point but i thought i'd say it (laughs) no that's fair enough i think they're like obviously the mercenaries way will come along and i think capcom does still care about that stuff but it's also true that like when you take um village for example i thought that like on a second playthrough there wasn't much reason to go back um Mm. because the combat doesn't have actually the same mechanical sophistication that resi force combat has i think that like that's what would keep me coming back to this is just the the nature of like the 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 shooting weak spots melee loop is just perfect um Mm. and in resi uh village you don't have that level of interactivity with the enemies you're fighting really it's um it's not quite as quite as interesting on that level and so yeah i think i agree with you that those my relationship with those games was i just played them through once and that was kind of it really and that's that was kind of all i needed um whereas i think like you say even like five and six which are games that you know retroactively don't have as great a reputation uh fives mercenaries modes as discussed on on this uh, before is like i think one of the best bonus modes ever put in a video game like even if you 
hate Resident Evil 5's campaign. The way it amps up everything the combat does really well is incredibly impressive with an array mm. of playable characters that um, that press, you know, that push different buttons, give you different strengths, different ways to like play with the enemies in the arena, um, different ways to kind of master it and keep your combos going. Just fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I agree with you. This that that maybe feels like part of the DNA that was maybe more crucial ten years ago than it is now for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, I yeah, think we will get it. I just you know that we're going to be paying you're going to be buying like separate waste campaign as dlc i would imagine that was like rumored wasn't it so yeah, yeah i guess like, this I feels like that's how that's how that looks and works in in modern games that's true but again it's you know if they said mercenaries is coming as a free update then yeah that's, yeah, that's fair, definitely fair yeah, play, yeah, like, anything else is speculation but yeah and just to cap this off i would say it's a, it's a hard nine for me pal i thought this was like uh very, very good and i can see i can see why some people gave it not as high as that, and I can see why some people gave it a ten. Like it's, yeah. I think it's there's an argument for a ten. Like I'm not sure there's a better version of this type of thing you can play right now. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's I really I, sure. I loved it. Actually, something I, I I meant to mention. I um, I managed to hook this up to a proper seven point one surround sound system mm. and played it on like a projector as well. And this game, maybe all games now sound this good. I haven't played any other games with that surround sound setup, but the the sound mix in this game is fucking unreal. Like the sense of like like the pouring rain outside, the sound of like the the, the positional surround of like the enemies around you is is so evocative because like so much of this game is about like where am I in regards to other people? Is there something behind me and being able to hear all that you just feel like orally swarmed um yeah i was like man if, if i ever have the money i am buying a good sound system for my house except you can't have a fucking surround sound system when you're <laughs> in, in a, a terrace, terrace. <laughs> you just can't it's like a cry like it's just not fair to do that to your neighbors no um oh man after it means i'm just gonna have to like find a lone house i'll have to convert a barn out in the countryside <laughs> just so i can have a surround sound system <laughs> you should ask you, you should ask that um dick lovett car uh, garage at the end of the road matthew if you can just go in there with your speakers one night and just like plug in your tv <laughs> so, and stuff but it was yeah really really impressive but that might just be all modern games and i just haven't noticed because i've not tried them so <laughs> well no I, I i definitely noticed how good the sound design was in this and like that is an area where this game is phenomenal there are bits of the game where even though there are no enemies there it the the creak of floorboards but also the ambient sound makes you think there are always enemies there um and just mm. like it's just so, there are so, there are some areas I did not want to go back to because of just how they sounded. Um, it was just like it was just not a good vibe to be in. I thought, <laughs> what what if they do spring a surprise enemy on me here? Like it's there's a bit mm. of that sort of vibe going on. Um, yeah, just really uh, just audio visually an absolutely phenomenal game. Mm. It's quite funny actually re- learning that like. Did you realize that all of these new Resi characters are based on like real beautiful people that exist, and they basically just map them into the game? Did you know that? Oh, what? Like, so there's a guy who looks like Leon. Yeah, I don't know about Leon's, but but I like. There's a girl who just is Ashley, and she's just like on oh. Instagram. <laughs> and there's like, how did they? 
surely not not old fucking Benito or whatever his name is, the village elder. <laughs> like, he looks how he looks originally. They didn't find an eight foot tall bald man with different coloured <laughs> eyes on the ceiling. No, I'm assuming not. But like the main, I think there is like a real life Jill Valentine, and there is like yeah. But I, I did look up like they were like, oh yeah, and Ashley's based on this oh, person. I and... think I have seen real the, the the Jill Valentine one. Yeah, that's that's yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and it is funny because they're just like we have gone out and found the most photogenic people possible and scanned them into our game and they they are our characters now um then we like just put different sort of hair and clothes on them it's quite that's quite funny to see but um yeah like it's the photogrammetry thing they do it does mean that everything has this like real palpable reality to it but at the same time like the there's so much effort made with like filters and the color palette to make it feel like old resi it's just just an amazing art style just incredible um okay matthew should we take a break and come back with some spoilery stuff yeah let's do it okay spoilers begin after this um to those of you who will never listen to this next section i bid you farewell have a good time we have a patreon goodbye Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, pull up a seat, have a cigar, have a bit of whiskey. This is the relaxed spoilery zone a little bit. So, um, <laughs> I yeah, am so- not a cigar or whiskey guy. <laughs> Neither am I, to be honest. Like, a, That's a- like, open a box of matchmakers, drink a Rio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, a, a cloudy double IPA for me. Um, yes, I'll have that. So yeah, like, uh, want to talk some spoilery stuff. Capcom had some quite big restrictions for the review period so i suppose we thought we're probably not going to come back and discuss spoilers another time so it makes sense to have some here and also mm. it's not so long again that i think that like this podcast had come out that you'd forget about it if you played it and you wanted to hear what we thought so why not talk about spoilers a little bit you know um mm. i think we've been pretty good with spoilers in that first section matthew apart from the ski lift thing and i don't i don't know if we really spoiled anything I mean, it's a spoiler in that it's not in there you know yeah yeah. If anything, you'll enjoy the game more knowing that you're not going to have that disappointment that I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the missing bits, Matthew. Because um, this is where my memory's a little bit hazy, but the ski lift is missing. The moment where Leon sits on the throne. Now, I went. I saw that in our doc last night. You went to tag that. Is that in the game? And I missed it. It is, but in a different place. It, there's, it's more of an Easter egg now. Oh, fuck. I missed it. It's like the fucking shield and tunic all over again. I can't believe I missed this. Fucking hell. Well, you can sit in a throne, and right. he does say the same thing. Okay, okay. Well, so, I fuck that. What else is missing from Resi 4 Remake that you noted? The room with the ceiling that comes down with the spikes. Oh, yeah, fuck. That's not in there. No. My memory of the castle is like something interesting happened in every room. Uh, there isn't the laser corridor from the island. Yeah, I noticed that. that and that's that's quite iconic. Because ju- just a QTE, so I guess they thought we don't know how to do this. Visually, it was so like different to the rest of that island. You know, like that that that's why I think that island feels like a little less interesting because mm. you suddenly aren't in this quite like weird, almost like sci-fi environment for a bit. Yeah. Some of them are like they've changed to other things. They've changed the tone of them so much that they're basically entirely different. The statue for example. Yeah. Obviously, in the original, you get chased by a giant sort of mechanical statue. Quite blockbustery and, like, rad. And in this one, it's 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 just like a small statue that sort of sprays a bit of flame in places. Yeah, it was a bit very... Yeah, very undercooked, I would say. Yeah, Rich definitely called that out in his review, and I think he was right to. Because when you see it, you're like, 
oh, that's a shame. You know, like that thing used to be amazing, and look out. It, it, it that's uh, as I joked to Rich in a text message. I said that statue's a real bust, literally. Uh, <laughs> Uh, very good, very good. Yeah, you see, that's how funny I am off mic. Um, <laughs> um, so there's stuff like that. Um, maybe this isn't quite the same thing, but like the fact that they changed the insects from being invisible to camouflaged mm. meant they weren't as interesting. I, I remember the sewer section with the invisible bugs having like a real character to it because of they were invisible. Here, it was just like, oh, I like shooting these bugs. They die in a really satisfying way, but... That felt more like just fighting the people. It just felt like another room with another fight in it, rather than like, oh, I'm specifically in this weird, invisible enemy territory. Yeah, I think so. I also, did that, like, all of that bug section have more of a crescendo than it has here, too? It just sort of, like, peters out here. You destroy those nests as an optional objective, and that's kind of it. Like, wasn't there something more in the original? Am I misremembering that? I I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> neither, neither do I. Uh, clearly, this is too, uh, too yeah. forgetful, El, El Gigante's <laughs> struggle to recall for Resident Evil 4. A DOS forgetful El Gigante's. DOS forgetful things. Um, so those those were like, I guess those were like the... The biggies, which when you say them out loud, don't really sound like much. But it's enough for, in in that original game, like, it did everything, mm. you know? And there are some other, like, little changes where they're just less characterful. The the fact that you don't, like, snipe the glass of wine in the painting. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, there yeah. is a painting puzzle. Now they have changed what that puzzle is. And that's, like, fine. But, like, that was just a very weird note to it. There's no yeah. bit where Ashley is incarcerated and you're picking off dudes with a sniper rifle. That's not in there. Yeah. Where she's like locked, she's like chained up and you have to shoot the chains off of her and stuff. Like that's, she's like tied to the wall. You know the bit I mean? I remembered more you and Ashley being apart a bit more in the castle in general. There's not actually that much of you and Ashley together in this game. Because I think it's like very well done for the most part. It's a much simpler mechanic. She doesn't have a health bar. She gets picked up and then you have to shoot the enemies before they take her away. That's quite similar to how it worked in the original. You can yeah. still get still get to hide sometimes. That's yeah, really, that, that's, that's there's good. less of that though. I feel like the cause the original, like it had like more big bins you could put her in, and yeah. you could also tell her to stay put, which was basically you could hide her somewhere safe. Yeah, say stay here, and I'll go into the area. And the game does remove that, which I think is like the crucial difference. That's definitely true. There's also like the I remember the so one one area of the game I think is like actually not quite as good as the original is. The bit where you fight the two chainsaw women in the arena-ish, kind of like... It's sort of like a very fortressy, weird bit. It's quite cramped in the original. Here yeah. it's a bit more open and not that tense. It's a lot more kind of running away and then just shooting people from a distance. And it didn't quite have the same tension. Because I think that's like... one. It's one of the first times you really have Ashley and have to protect Ashley like properly. Yeah. Um, and it's I, found, I remember that being quite hard in the original. And here it's a bit... didn't work quite as well for me. So I think that like... In general, the Ashley and Peril idea isn't isn't as key to this as it is to the original, um, mm. which is interesting. But yeah, yeah, there's a, a slight argument for this as well. This this remake that the difficulty is in general a little bit strange in the sense that I think all of the bosses are pretty easy in this game, um, mm. but the combat on standard mode to me felt actually like quite perfect. Um, like it yeah. was exactly as hard as I wanted it to be. Um, it was there were parts where I died, um, but it was never unfair. You know, there were times I ran out of ammo and I had to keep making ammo and keep things kind of moving. And 
I think the difficulty on that level is quite is quite perfect. But the Ashley stuff, she got carried away like twice, and I think that's all that ever really happened to her in my playthrough. Right. Um, so that's interesting because I think like one of the questions we got from our listeners about this this remake was: Is the Ashley stuff is she like quite annoying or whatever? I didn't find her annoying in the original, to be honest. I thought the mechanic was as escort missions go. It's actually one of the few good ones from that period. Um, mm. But it's like it's even less of a hassle for you as a player, right? Yeah, they've sort of simplified her. Like, fair is the wrong word because I don't like you say. I don't think the original was unfair, but um, her her, her behaviour and like your interactions with her have almost been like simplified a little bit. In that, you know, she doesn't have a health bar, so if she's incapacitated and then she takes another hit, she dies. So you know, like, if she's incapacitated, that's when I really have to worry. That's when I have to get off the floor. Like the instructions, you can keep her right next to you, or like tell her to keep a bit of distance. So that's just like. If there's an enemy who's right up in your grill with like a chainsaw, she might get clocked by that. So that's maybe a time when you'd send her away. But if she is away, you maybe haven't got close eyes on her to stop her from getting like picked up. So I can see why they've kind of changed that. Um, when I was reading about those changes beforehand, I thought like, oh shit, I'm gonna. It feels like it sounds like we're gonna be escorting Ashley like a lot more, mm. and that you're not you aren't be able to be able to like cheese it and like hide her in places. And that isn't true, but like she she is she's somehow like somehow more present but also easier to keep alive so you know i've i've likened that elsewhere to it's the sort of same thing that they did with the knife where it got this new fundamental weakness it didn't have before but mm. then it's so much stronger in other ways and as long as you just learn to like manage that balance it will probably end up being in your favor more than it was in the original yeah i think that's um i think that's fair uh yeah interesting isn't it the um and as mentioned like the ashley the section where you play as ashley is fucking great in this um it was cool i i I did wonder actually when i was playing it i was like i wonder if there is going to be this temptation to like give every resi like a house beneviento like (laughs) a big horror beat and this isn't it's nowhere near as scary as that but it's quite spooky what they do oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and it's and quite cleverly done and she has like a tiny bit more of a way to fight back than she did in the original um mm. which is a really smart choice and that work that mechanic works really well yeah yeah it's it's i i, I don't mind that because yeah it's like it's obviously you're just you're blasting your way through the enemy so much of the time that a little tone change is very welcome um yeah so yeah nicely done here if you if you the fighting the armor the armor dudes is actually like reasonably good in this too like they're quite their oh, weak yeah. spots their weak spots pop out and then they're just they're just they 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 feel threatening, but they are they are fun to kill. Um, oh, they're really yeah. fun to kill. What I really liked about those armor guys as well is when when like Ashley can sort of stun them with like a light, and you see they sort of shrivel into the armor, but you can see their little eyes sort of swiveling horribly. Yeah, um, that's a really good bit of like enemy design. That's very like evocative. There's um, a very there's a really funny side quest in this where you have to go and like fight a really powerful version of one of these armor guys, and like right. the game literally turns into Dark Souls. <laughs> it, yeah, right. That's, yeah, that, that. Yeah, that. That's like doing that was the one place where I properly nobbled myself with ammo. Right. Like that fight ate so much of my ammo up that I was then like on the back foot for like. Uh, you know about an hour after that like clawing my way back and like really relying you know i had to be a lot more careful um i'd almost wish they'd been uh, they'd use those side challenges to add like a few more beats like that where it's kind of like oh you want this do you well this is actually going to take it out of you a little bit and a good way of kind of like 
policing people who are like sitting on all that magnum ammo or whatever yeah yeah i agree with you because i think there's only really two challenges like that in the game um like basically sub optional sub bosses essentially um, yeah there's one in the village as well yeah i actually uh, missed that one yeah it's not that good like it's not right. even a, it doesn't even look particularly visually distinctive from the other dogs you fight it's just it just takes more damage really um right yeah so it's not yeah like but i too would have liked that because the optional challenges in this they they do i think like you could argue that they are filler in the sense that they don't meaningfully add anything to the arc of the game but they are i don't mind having a few wrinkles here or there that are a little bit different from the original resi 4 so i was quite happy with them i quite enjoyed them um mm. the less so are like the there's like side quests where you have to kill rats that's a little bit more just like find the things and kill them basically um not right. quite quite straightforward so yeah yeah that was um that was good like new enemies matthew so in the farm section again this is a very spoilery section just to make that very clear yeah. um there's like an enemy type in this that's like a, a cow head guy who sort of moves at you and right. <laughs> carries a fucking giant hammer. And yeah. the, the reveal of that during like the village section I thought was amazing. I was like, I, I just thought it was, it seems so scary in the moment. You get eventually, you get, you can kill these things super quickly, but your first battle with it, it feels like, oh my God, I, I had no idea this is in the game. And it's yeah. really, it really, it really fucked me up for about 30 seconds. Um, you, were you a fan of um, the little enemy types they added to this? Yeah, yeah, that, that worked really well. Um, particularly because you sort of like, if you do have familiarity with the game, just for something else to come through the door was, was yeah, pretty shocking. Maybe I'm misremembering this. I think they've, I think they changed the, the, the kind of free roaming parasite quite a bit in this. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I definitely right. found them way more of a challenge because mm. the thing with the Los Plagas is you have, obviously, like, they're inside people. Sometimes you shoot the head off and, like, a tentacle comes out. Then there's, like, a nastier version of a tentacle. And then there's almost like a like a full-bodied parasite which runs around, can latch onto enemies and make them more powerful. When you kill the body, that thing jumps off and goes to another body and they they were definitely in the original game but i felt like whenever one of those things turned up i was often quite fucked they were the things i was saving my flash grenades for because if you flash grenade you can just kill them instantly like the lost plagas hate bright light and yeah there were a few sticky situations where it just kept coming and like you shoot when those things possess a body if you shoot them off you can see like loads of them writhing in underneath like, if you shoot their head off like there's loads of horrible kind of tendrils coming out and, <laughs> and they'll keep on coming and like if they get up close to you they've got a really horrible instant kill in, in fact in general like something precious in the first section the instant kill and the close-up kill animations in this game are like fucking gross it's like pretty hardcore. Did you see the eyeball one? The the thumbs in the eyes one? No. Oh, it's horrible. Like <laughs> like if the, if if you've got a very little bit of health and they grab you and you basically don't have any health to push them off. Um some of the villagers will push their thumbs in Leon's eye sockets while he like screams. <laughs> it's just so fucking rank. Um yeah. So um, um yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like that too. Like they 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 do they certainly capture like, you know, when a do with a chainsaw just takes his head off and stuff it's like that (laughs) that gnarly vibe is um is absolutely still present um yeah it's uh it's interesting one thing i did actually really like about the remake as well is that the 
the first variant of the Las Plagas, where it's like the tentacles just swinging at you, they just go they just go down much easier. There were such bullet sponges in the original that I just I always found them like oh when one of them popped off. Here it's a bit like a problem you deal with quite quickly, and that was a balancing thing where I was like oh well done. That's what that's what I would have done if I was remaking this game. Um, right. I would I would have made it so you had one variant that was really easy to like just get rid of but it's like an inconvenience to the player and then another variant that actually takes up a lot more ammo or you can just use a flash grenade to kill it like that's yeah that felt wise to me i was just using the my beautiful red nine to just pop off the um <laughs> pop off the other the, the first variant quite easily so i like that a lot like, again they're in the original game but they, they they seemed particularly horrible in this is that that fucking red dude who yeah. can like make everyone like turn into the horrible Las Plagas parasite? He certainly didn't have an effect on you in like your yeah, parasite. But I, like, yeah, yeah, maybe that's that's that adds to it because when he's chanting, you're all like, Ugh, I can't do anything because it's like the <laughs> parasite in you waking up as well, and like the the those I found to be like qu- you know quite big difficulty spikes until I got rid of that guy. Mm. Like I just didn't really understand at first, like oh, I need to prioritize him. So that was um, that was like a really effective change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I thought all of these changes were were good ones. There's a tiny bit more variety here or there, and then like mm. yeah, but then otherwise, I think that just it's faithfulness to the to the original Resi enemy types is exactly what this needed, really. Um, mm. No messing around. Um, how, uh, how do you feel about the new merchant voice? Really liked it. At first, yeah. I wondered, is he a bit too much? Because he is like he has the old sort of um, very much captures the vibe of the original, but he talks a lot more. So yeah, that's something to get used to, but. It's well judged. He says some really funny things, and then by the I I had the same dynamic of like, oh, thank fuck, here he is, kind of thing. Um, is that how you felt about it too? He says, "Gun rhymes with fun for a reason, stranger." Yeah, that's it. Um, and then he says a lot of the classic lines, but they don't come up as obviously. And like, whenever yeah. you walk up to him after he's not doing after he's been idle for a while, he goes, "Oh, breaks over, I suppose." He says that loads. Um, <laughs> Um, really good. That again feels like someone who just adored the original game made that choice, right? Like it's you know mm. people people know the merchant was a, a big fave. I do wonder like what is the vibe of that character in Japanese? You know what I mean? Like what you know if you because the Cockney element of it is so specifically like a Western English speaking thing, um, right? I would be curious to kind of know what the maybe what there's the, like you know how sometimes in like the Dragon Quest uh, Dragon Quest games they have like they really lean into like Japanese regional dialects. Maybe right, it's right. like a real kind of like, I don't know, country bumpkin region or something. Maybe it's like a very specific part of Japan where everyone could be like, oh, it's one of those guys. Yeah. What is uh, what is uh, Japanese Cockney? Uh, drop us an email and uh, backpagegames <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, so that's really good. Um, and like also, I suppose like the other thing is that there's Capcom, I think, like didn't want to discuss this in like the reviews, but obviously this is a spoiler section, so I think we're fine. Mm. Like the the gun gallery stuff in this, um, the shooting range is really really nicely done. Um, yeah, has a fun theme to it. Um, if you're adjoined by another character, they'll uh, they'll sit and watch. Um, I never felt more single man than when I like absolutely murked like the shooting gallery, and then Ashley was like, "Great job, Leo," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm so single. I'm so single right now." (laughs) Um, But really nicely done. That again feels like someone identifying a real personality strength of the original, then pulling it out a bit more. Um, Were you fond fond of those, Matthew? Yeah, I thought they were great, and I I liked that uh, the currency from that went into like the. The kind of capsule toy machine which you can kind of customize your case 
with these little like dangling toys which give you stat boosts. So there's hmm. like a little a little layer of customization on top, like perks, but you are also kind of like I don't know if you've got every medal in the game, would you be able to unlock every toy in one run through? I didn't get the feeling that you could no. based on sort of how many they were. And like the ones I got were like annoyingly for like machine gun and I was like I'm not even fucking using the machine gun give me <laughs> one for like drops more shotgun ammo or whatever that's what I wanted yeah is it like do you get the pistol ammo one by default maybe um certainly like it felt like that was the default one to me but that's right the, I think that's the Leon one and like he that's like the first one I got and so right I got the chicken one which was like you get more health from eating chicken eggs oh nice um no I got the, the yeah the one I got was the handgun one so it made it even more sense for me to keep the red nine going because it was like right. had my stock had my little ammo key and then like yeah just um and then upgraded the damage I got the um the other thing is that by completing side quests in this you get a secondary currency which is the spinel right that that's what you get as the yeah, currency yeah. and you use those to unlock different slightly different rewards to what you spend with your main um pesetas in the uh mm. <laughs> that's a nice uh of the time touch kept from the original game isn't it because um, yeah. this is this is still set in 2004 the game makes it that clear it would be weird if it was euros there would be something weird about the <laughs> idea that like the euros had come to this village <laughs> yeah. like that someone had come in and like removed all their old currency and given them <laughs> the new currency the idea that like salazar and uh uh sadler were like people who had euros in their pocket would just just it doesn't know it just doesn't work yeah somehow pesetas just really work so just like <laughs> just like the idea of like um you know sort of sadler being being very pro eu and it's like we've got <laughs> we've we got to do this you know like this collective currency is better for all of us you know despite <laughs> despite everything else they believe unless they unless they are just like holdouts you know like they've got some mad kind of like you know they've they've got some like big kind of like brexit energy going on <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i mean like they, there's a lot of like rules and regulations that they aren't adhering to in the world of resident evil 4 it's it's got i could you know it wouldn't surprise me if they were the types to do that <laughs> yeah so the other thing i wanted to mention matthew is uh luis so actually oh, like yeah. jo- joins you as a as a you know a play like a non-playable character for a section of the game um which I think is quite a good touch. He's quite a fun little companion. But um, it doesn't feel like he's in that much of the game to me. And probably about the same as he is in the original, but very fleeting appearances, I felt like. What did you think? The, the second run of him, though, like, he's basically there for, like, the mining set piece. Yeah. Um, and that is just such a rollicking half an hour. Oh, yeah, it's great. Because the two of you just eat through anything they throw at you. The enemy types are, like, these fun bugs. There's the minecart stuff. There's, like, a great boss encounter that I really liked with them. Um, that was, like, definitely the area in, like, the latter half of the game which felt, like, most changed. And it, almost during that, I was like, oh, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of this kind of stuff, you know? Mm. I would have liked to have seen them, like, throw in a few more curveballs like this. And it, it feels like both the village and the castle have something which really deviated massively. And the island maybe doesn't have that. Yeah, They could have padded the island out. They could have maybe added a stretch to it or done something more to it. Or like really, you know, the, the stuff with the regenerators is still like very, very effective. But Definitely. they could have like you know, put another big horror beat in there or something. I think the only, I think like the regenerator section is the only like real sort of 10 out of 10 moment of that whole section um like I, I think like even though like your mastery of the combat means that some of those like later battles are really fun 
I think like in terms of like the the sheer ideas factory element of Resi, like it it does yeah it does feel like the weaker section to me. Mm. But the regenerator section itself is like and the reveal and the sound effects, all of that stuff is still great. And then of course a very specific twist of how you kill them, really really great. Um, mm. So I, but I'm totally with you on the minecart section. That's like fucking great. Like what a oh, it's great like Temple of Doom. Now it's like really <laughs> really fun. What a glow up and like yeah, having the two of them with like this dialogue of like the the, the cart's about to tip over and it's just yeah, pre- yeah preposterous game logic stuff where yeah it actually like it's so silly it makes you wonder why they don't have like the um, Salazar uh, sort of statue chasing after you. It's like, right. it's, it's, like it's the same vibe really. But... Yeah, that's it. Like totally the stuff could have fit in. It just didn't. You wondered if like. Could they not see a way of doing it outside of a cutscene? But I swear they could have found a way to do it. Um, Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a shame. Did you like the Krauser stuff? So, not really. Um, Okay. And like the thing is that I absolutely love the original Krauser fight because I think the fact that they did they did the bold thing of like for the first time they have a knife fight in the original game is like probably the best QT in the game it's really really fun and ridiculous and like yeah. there are slow motion shots and they are treating their knives like swords it is like watching a lightsaber battle or something it's just ridiculous yeah. um and just really really great fun um there's a bit more of a like uh sort of like right wing men <laughs> rights activist like feeling to this version of Krauser like he's <laughs> he's sort of like he doesn't quite have the same like Metal Gear boss element that he had in the original to me really felt like a Metal Gear Solid boss um, that turned up in Resi uh, I think like he's quite an unusual presence in Resi 4 um, mm. and here instead of the QTEs they actually like put the QTEs into the game so you are having these kind of like up close knife fights and that's good in a way because you can use the parry system to parry the knife uh, and things like that um, but I don't know if it necessarily has the same level of like drama or excitement to it um, yeah. I found him a slightly fiddly boss what did you think? I liked it as like an like a knife mechanic showpiece and like changing up the rhythm of it. I thought I, I thought that I, I I did like it. I you know I liked it enough, but I I I would have had nothing against them having done something with quick time events and the flashiest stuff. Like I, I too like remember that the, the sort of silliness of it and the excess of it, and that's definitely something which you lose when you don't have quick time events in there i i did did like the second fight with him though with like his little obstacle course again and fighting with him i mean that's that's still a beat i quite like it's like it sort of comes out of nowhere in that third act and it like the area you're suddenly in like i've always found it odd that you're in this like ruins this like (laughs) temple in an island which is otherwise an oil refinery like (laughs) in the moment you aren't like how the fuck am i here like they they transition you into it however they do it and that's fine but when you think about it afterwards you are like what was the deal of this island <laughs> it, it, it seemed very like that that Sadler's whole like operation is confusing to me and I never really understand like what his deal is or like how these three kind of acts kind of well the first two acts obviously make sense like how they fit together but Mm. what he achieves by having the village when his main base of operations is on this island it doesn't quite add up i think like it it feels like he joins the story earlier in the original to me and that is that maybe because there's like cutscenes with him and ada that aren't in this game maybe uh yeah there's definitely like I think you have like radio conversations with the enemies, with the boss, with like definitely with Salazar. 
yeah. in the castle in the original. Like, there's a bit more like to and fro. It almost like builds up this like big prize fight coming, which is slightly lost in this. You just hear him on like the speakers sometimes. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by the Salazar redesign either. Nah. Like, he loses because they've turned him from basically like a weird child, just a small man. He obviously looks like Margaret Thatcher. Um, yeah. That, that, it was like, that actually didn't bother me so much. It was more that like, the boss fight, I thought it was so bad, that boss fight. Just rubbish. <laughs> like, he was, it was so like, it was like, the, it was so annoying how you had the different levels of it and he just burped that stuff at you that just like constantly slowed you down. And then it felt like knifing him in those instances was the only way to move it forward. I just, I really just didn't think it was a net gain from the original. Right. Um, and so, but yeah, I think like he does feel like more of a presence when he's calling you. It is preposterous that he was calling you on his vid- on Leon's video yeah. phone. But then that's kind of quite fun. It's like just giving you a call to say fuck you, basically. Like I, I quite like that about about the original. Um, like yeah. it doesn't have the whole your right hand comes off stuff and all that. You know that that's not in there either. So. Yeah. But the the um, de facto Krauser fight is the de facto best f- boss fight in the game, I think, just because yeah. generally speaking, they're not like a hugely strong crop. But um, yeah, I think it was like I think it was fine. But Krauser for some reason just registered more of an impact for me in the original. It might have been like yeah. the voice actor as well. There was maybe a slight there was slightly more of a feeling of history between them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because like because you've played Resident Two Remake and then you've played this, it almost feels like you can't imagine Leon and this guy having like some experience together in the meantime because you've played them in such quick succession i don't know that's a really minor yeah. point but anyway yeah um no if you played the extra campaign in dark side chronicles <laughs> uh, is it, isn't it the prologue the um that in the dark side chronicles i can't remember but yeah yeah they they they, they definitely fill in that gap anyway um, yeah yeah uh, but yeah you're right because i remember when playing the original resident evil 4 there is this real sense of like you've been through so much and then this like whole other fucking dude turns up who you've got backstory with and you're like who is this guy you're like what's going on now like that that's like such an unusual bit of boss pacing that i've loved in it because you're like oh i there's there's definitely more of this game to come because i've now got business with this guy to sort out maybe like there's some residual fondness for that which is why i'm still quite into krauser in this yeah, no, I, you know, it's like, I think they did as well as you can do with the knife fight stuff. I think it's just, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is it is still a strong part of the game, just to be very clear. I feel like I'm griping too much about this game I no, really no, love. No, no, this always happens when we do these episodes. <laughs> we end up, like, taking a massive shit on Ragnarok, and we both quite like it. <laughs> Actually, I didn't really like Ragnarok that much. That's oh, okay, in, retrospect, in retrospect, I reflect on that as a not-so-fond experience, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, just... Lots and lots of time spent, and uh, Cameron not quite giving me enough perspective of what was going on with the action. Anyway, this is not that podcast. But this and this and this is not like uh, you know not not to dunk on Ragnarok, but like this is just so lean yeah. compared to other games. Like this, you know, its character beats are short. It is always action. There is always something happening. There is no like filler in it. There's no like le- you know lame tricks to try and like fill gaps or disguise things in like. It's kind of quite black and white in terms of the characters. You know, they're not trying to make everyone... Not everyone has, like, a sympathetic backstory. There are just a load of fucking monster men that you're going to kill with <laughs> increasingly impressive shotguns. Like, and that's fine. Yeah, and it's no, like... Um, it's just, yeah, like, and, and that's... Uh, this is the time where pacing mattered more than anything else. And now we're in a time where it's, like, value matters more than anything else. So single-player games have to be... Or, you know, or at least they're perceived to be... To perceive that they have to be, like, as long as possible. And this just isn't that game. This is the art of pacing, the art of, like 
set piece design and yeah you're you're going down corridors a lot of the time but they're fucking great corridors and you're having a fantastic time um just so much momentum to it uh loved it like i say nine but it'd be like uh if i was doing it for pc game or something it'd be like a 93 for me or something i just thought it was incredibly strong and as matthew said this doesn't replace resi it's a very unusual remix situation where they can live symbiotically where you can enjoy them both still um at the same time but um it is a it is to this game's credit that as soon as i finished it i wanted to replay it and i didn't feel that way about resident evil 2 remake possibly because you are going through some of the same beats um mm. with the other with the other character as, as the campaigns flip but yeah as um as it goes matthew this is just really fucking strong and i just i could definitely see myself blasting through it again the new game plus thing's really enticing because those guns really are cool and there was some stuff i just didn't really explore that much and you mm. don't have to be conservative about ammo it's really good it's really fucking good to just have this to a shiny new version of one of the best games ever made to play right yeah oh absolutely yeah no uh, yeah wild time yeah i'm a couple of hours into a new game plus replay um and it's it's just really really fun to kind of recontextualize those fights with you know this horribly overpowered arsenal just exploding heads left right and center um yeah real good oh great stuff well then i think we're done matthew that's resident Evil 4 remake it's the you know you should go buy it and play it especially if you you know if you love the original fantastic if you never played it i don't know actually i'm not sure how you would feel about it it might feel a bit it might be a bit strange without the context of the time I'd love to hear I've, I've not read a review from that perspective so if no. listeners haven't played it please do let us know yeah absolutely but yeah i just it, it's the it's the first game i've played this year where i'm like you absolutely fucking must play this that's um that's how i feel about it so yeah i think we're done matthew so next week is a simple what we've been playing episode. Looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've done one of those. We'll answer a bunch of listener questions What we've too. been playing is Resident Evil 4, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I can talk about the anime cutscenes and Fire Emblem Fates, I suppose. Uh, no, not yeah. Fates, sorry. Fire Emblem... Uh, what, what was the one that came out that just I just forgot about as soon as Engage. this came along? Engage. There you go. Good. Yes, Colgate hair. I remember now. Um, okay, yes. good. Um, so yes, uh, otherwise we will be back soon. Uh Patreon.com slash pod if you'd like to support us. We did a really good 16-bit uh, deep dive on on this uh, this month's um, for this month's exclusive Patreon episode. I think that like it was a few people said it was our funniest episode in a while. Matthew, it got pretty dark. Some of the humor in there, and I think people seemed to really enjoy that. There was a long stretch about um, learning to play the trumpet that people might enjoy. So uh, yep, yeah, that's there if you want to support us. And uh, yeah, Twitter.com uh, slash pod if you want to follow us on there. Matthew, where can people find you on social media? I'm at Mr. Basil underscore pesto. Uh, we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.